0: Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, I wanted to bring you a special episode in honor of Mother's Day. This Mother's Day will look different. We can't gather, go out to eat, or celebrate like we normally do. But we can still honor, remember, and pray for mothers all around the world. One of my favorite verses as a mom is Isaiah 40, 11, that says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I'm thankful that we are gently led by our Lord and Savior. To bring perspective and testimonies today, we have a mother-daughter duo that are serving simultaneously with Samaritan's Purse on Mother's Day. We have a mother, Sarah, serving as a chaplain with member care at our emergency field hospital in Italy, and her daughter, Heidi, is working at the emergency field hospital in New York City. They both give perspective and insight from the front lines as DART members, but also practical wisdom on raising godly children, serving in the ministry, and praying for mothers all around the world. You'll be blessed by hearing their conversation. Um, So first off to start, Sarah, um, could you share with me um, where you're serving um, and what you are doing for Samaritan's Purse?
1: Um, Sure. So I'm serving in Cremona, Italy at the Samaritan's Purse Emergency Field Hospital, which is a respiratory care unit.
0: So you've been serving there for a couple weeks. And so what is your primary role and what are you doing um, day to day there at the field hospital?
1: Um, I have... The amazing privilege. I think every role is an amazing privilege. Just like, you know, in the body of Christ, every role is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I have been serving as a chaplain with member care for the last two years. Um, last year, I was sent to Mozambique and this year to Italy. And having the, the role of just caring for our team, caring well for them, pitching in wherever they need, meeting up with people at meals, on the break time if they feel like talking, if they don't, just kind of sitting nearby. Um, I work on special projects to support the team i spend a lot of time praying for the team one of the things that I have the privilege of doing here in Cremona is before people leave of course we're on lockdown um, we travel to and from the uh, to and from the unit but we have special permission to visit a historical piazza in here in Cremona and to think of the history and the history of the Romans and the church, mm-hmm. there's a piece of Roman road here that dates from 200 years before Christ. Um, and the history is, so I get to share that and have a little bit of time individually with our staff and um, you know, connect on something other than patience and treatment, which is why we're here and it's so important but just having that other little piece and being able to kind of lift their, lift their thoughts our time is really good.
0: That is awesome. That's why I love getting your perspective. Cause yes, we love the medical care and, and their love for the patients, but you get to love just the, I mean, everybody, um, you know, that those people, but then also the surrounding and the community and the people that are being impacted by the work of Samaritan's Purse. It is truly a ripple effect. Yeah. We've loved hearing the testimonies and the stories and just, um, Yeah, media there, people that didn't know about Samaritan's Purse, but now are getting to hear the gospel and um, the hope and the reason why we come. So I love that because you probably get that question a lot. Why are you all here? Um, Definitely.
1: And um, actually, the Italian people, they just are so welcoming and so loving. And more than maybe at the beginning, they were more asking why. And now just day after day, thank you, thank you. We can't believe you would leave home, family, friends, and come to a place, you know, that is dangerous and serve with us. So just a lot of appreciation. Um, can I share a quick vignette on, on the mother and the staff scene, how God kind of melded that together? I would love that. Great. Um, So today is a beautiful sunny day in Cremona and there are several ladies in the women's ward. They're not in the ICU, they're in the women's ward but they're definitely elderly in their 80s and 90s and they were able to sit outside and have their lunch under a little canopy and the nurses found um, a uh, a sheet to put over the table as a tablecloth, they put flowers on the table and the ladies were just chatting away, enjoying their time and I spotted them and I quickly Googled Italian dinner music on my phone. I went up beside the six feet away from the hot zone and turned my phone up as loud as it would go. And these ladies started to hear the serenade of Italian music and dance music. And okay, I shake a leg a little. (laughs) And they just got the biggest smiles and they started selling the interpreter and the nurses through the interpreter, just reminiscing, remembering their youth and their days of dancing during the times, the hard times of World War II. Um, It was just such a beautiful moment. i Wanted to
0: share that with you? Thank you. That is so awesome, and and just so neat that you thought of a personal touch like that. And you're right. What a way to take them back in time and let their memories, um, yeah, let them recall and and walk through something maybe they didn't go to together through personally, but they were all impacted by that. That is so special. And you're right. Like that was such a historical time growing up for them, you know, and probably changed the trajectory of their life. And now. COVID-19, you know, is such a historical time for us Um, and will change our trajectory. And yeah, we will remember this one day. So that is a neat story and thank you. And yeah, I just love the way that you get to be a part of this ministry in so many facets.
1: It's amazing, it truly is. I thank God every day for the privilege of serving a year and knowing that my daughter is serving in New York and my husband actually has been serving, um, doing supply chain work for headquarters through um, online from our home in North in Maryland.
0: Oh, wow. So you are all, what a family of service. <laughs> so bringing that up, so you are, you're choosing, you know, I know Mother's Day coming up and that's why we want to do an episode of you, um, a mother that's serving. And I know some joke, it's just a Hallmark holiday, but, you know, it is a day to remember and honor our mothers. So you're choosing to to be in the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in Europe, um, just the big outbreak. Um So you're choosing to be in a a crisis situation, away from your family and the comforts of home. So can you talk to me about why you chose to leave it all and to serve there rather than be home?
1: Well, I think there's a
0: couple of reasons.
1: as I think about it, one is that I remember Jesus talking to the disciples, and when they sought him out and said, Oh, your mother and your brothers are outside, and he looked at his group and he looked at the disciples and he said, Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. And to be serving in this way at this time, knowing that the Italian people that we are helping in their families, those And the the people that we're working with on the team, they are our mother, our brother, our sister. They have become, they become family. And our greatest joy is when any that doesn't know Christ yet as their savior comes to that point and embraces Jesus and becomes our brother, our sister in Christ. And we have been seeing that happening over and over. It's truly amazing. Uh, I think the second thought I would have on that is when Jesus talked to the disciples and said, you know, there Peter said to him, We've left everything to follow you. What then will we have? And Jesus responded to him and, and he said, Everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. We don't want to serve because we're gonna get a prize but we're just so full filled with gratitude and God's love that we want to serve to honor him. And, and that's a promise. That's been very special to me. I've been serving in overseas work for more than 35 years and I can't count the number of times that I've said goodbye to some, to family friends in the States, but God has truly blessed us with family all over the world.
0: Wow. And as you mentioned that, yeah, a life, 30 years, 35 years of service, um, Obviously, that didn't impact your your family in a negative way because like you said, your husband is serving right now. Your daughter is serving. She is a nurse serving in um, New York City at the Emergency Field Hospital. So you obviously passed on um, a life of service. And so can you talk to me about how you raised your children um, to wanna follow Jesus, first of all, but then to wanna serve him?
1: Well, I think for our children to see that that Jesus is real, that it's a real relationship, that God's care for us is primary, is is really important. And I certainly didn't do it always um, the best way, but I did endeavor to do that and to instill in them that life is a gift, that we shouldn't take it for granted, that it's more than making money and having a family and a nice home. And those are all good things. Um when God is at the center, but when he is, then our true identity, the meaning and fulfillment in our life isn't found in those things. It's found only in Jesus. And then the Lord uses those things, their venues to um, to live well, to glorify him, to love and serve others. That is so awesome.
0: Um, and so I'm a mom of four kids, um, young kids. Yeah. And that's my prayer. I'm like, Lord, help them To see me seeking you um, and to not see my faults and, you know, um, how I fall short, help them to see me constantly seeking you and wanting you um, to be my guidance. Um, Is there a scripture that you clung to as a mom or that you tried to cast on your children um, as you were raising them?
1: Oh, certainly lots of promises. I remember often praying, Lord, you know, where I'm failing, please, you know, fill in those gaps, make up the difference. And of course, that was a little short sighted because God is all in and through and all around. Um, So, particular scriptures, I think for me, for moms here in Italy, especially with what they're going through and all the loss that every family has been impacted, I think for moms in general, Psalm 23 is of course a favorite around cultures around the world and in the church. But I think especially the first three verses where the Lord talks about giving us rest as moms. And you have four small children. uh, You know that that rest is is not just a physical rest. It's an emotional, it's a spiritual rest. It's a refreshing, a filling. And so when the Lord says it, he'll lead us he'll make us lie down in green pastures. Sometimes we just feel like we don't have time to lay down and take that rest. It's so important that being, um, sitting by still waters can be so refreshing. And then he says, I will restore your soul. And I think all of us daily need that restoration that the world comes at us, culture, our own tendencies towards sin. And we need that restoring that refreshing and I love that that promise comes right before and then I will lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake
0: so good yeah God's word is truly it's like a balm yeah to our souls <laughs> and just a um refreshment that nothing else can offer um, and that's why I love that you are serving as a chaplain because um yes we want to bring physical healing we want these patients healed but there is a, a you know, an ache and a that all of us have, that nothing can fill here on earth. And um, Jesus is the only one. So I love the way that you are giving hope um, to everyone you come in talk to, contact with, but also you can refresh the staff because I know they're tired and they're weary. And so for you to be able to speak truth and remind them, you know, why we're here. Um, I know you're probably, you're ministering to so many different people right now. And so how are you refreshing yourself? What has God been teaching you as you've been serving and pouring out to all those around you?
1: Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, my focus has to really be each day throughout the day. Lord, help me to see this person as you do. Hmm. Help me to speak life and speak truth and encouragement to them. Um, for my own encouragement, that time with him. I, I have um, chosen to work split shifts while I'm in Cremona. Mm-hmm. So I work out at the hospital in the morning, several hours. Then I take a little break um, after lunch, and then I do tours. And then in the evening, I go out with the night shifts. So I wanna be sure that I can be with all groups, non-medical, medical, day and night shift. Um, so yesterday I had my first day off in um, almost two weeks. and. We have a wonderful um, liaison here who has arranged for us to be able to sit in a garden of a local monastery. And the weather was cloudy, cool, perfect to sit in this garden and just breathe in solitude, think of the Lord, time to pray, read the word. Um, And as I and a few colleagues were enjoying this beautiful place, um, one of the monks who is a gardener, walked over to each of us and presented each of us with a rose and said, thank you so much for helping our people. Wow. So God finds his ways to refresh me that I don't even look for. Um, what a glorious, wonderful father we have. Mm-hmm.
0: That is so awesome that, yeah, he's showing you, he sees you. Um, and when you pour out, I mean, not that we do it for recognition or, yeah, but he will encourage you. And that is so special. Um, So as you mentioned, so how did you get involved with the disaster assistance response team? You mentioned you've been serving for 35 years overseas, but how did you get involved with Samaritan's Purse?
1: Well, Christy, it is a long, beautiful story. I will try to sum it up for you in just a few sentences. Um, My house burned down when I was a little girl. And my siblings and I were sent to live with school chums for several weeks so my parents could regroup. They didn't have insurance at that time. And so I, by God's mercy, was sent to live with one of my school buddies whose family was Christian. Mm -hmm. And there I came to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I didn't really have anyone to disciple me or mentor me. My family didn't go to church. Um, I did do a Bible study um, by the mail because we didn't have it online back then, but by mail. Um, with a group, and that was helpful. Then later in college, I was invited to Urbana, Urbana Missions Conference, and that just changed my whole life, the whole trajectory of my life to, um, to see and hear what missions was really about and all the different ways that people could serve the Lord, um, not only in church planting and the typical missionary uh, topics, but almost any gift that God had given us could be useful. Mm-hmm. So I was privileged to go with, with the Bible Translators I was a language teacher and I was privileged to go to Peru, South America to serve with them for several months. And there I met my husband to be in the jungle, which was never expected, um, but quite a surprise. And we've been married almost 36 years. Uh, In between, after I met him, I didn't know if I'd ever see him again. I went back to the States unsure of my plans. And my parents, who um, were not walking with the Lord at the time, had moved to Boone, North Carolina. So I came off the mission field in between school years and jobs and went to stay with them and went to church in town. I ended up at the same church as your grandfather and grandmother. And I saw a notice on the board that Samaritan's Purse needed a receptionist. And I didn't even know what Samaritan's Purse was, um, but I got the job and enjoyed working there for several months uh, until Toby came back from South America, proposed to me, and then I had to leave because we were going back to the mission field. But my career with Samaritan's Purse started in 1984. And... The integrity of Samaritan's Purse, the mission, value, and goals always stayed with me. I often spoke of them to my husband and and we thought someday when our children are out of the house, we would love to go and serve uh, with Samaritan's Purse if at that time they had a need for somebody like us. And in 2011, we went on our first deployment together to Haiti for international field staff for two years. Mm -hmm. And during that time, uh, we learned of DART. My husband got trained in Ecuador and then I went back to school to get a master's in, in biblical counseling with a goal of someday being able to serve as chaplain uh, with Samaritan's Purse. And um, yeah, so that's the, that's the cliff note version.
0: That's awesome. I love the way that God weaves the story. Yeah, and brings it brings in things that you would have never thought or picked, and then here you are. But it's no accident. He called you. <laughs> Long ago, sure. In ways
1: that we could have never dreamed, right? If we tried to do it in our own
0: way, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine where we'd end up. Well, that's why I love, I love the faithfulness of your life, just in where you are there today, you know, not looking at, God, I want to do this. I think sometimes we want to just instantly have this calling, but it takes the faithfulness, you know, um, where he calls us in this season. And so to just seek God um, and let him, draw your your path. Um, So that's really awesome. So here you are serving um, as a DART member and now your daughter is. So can you talk to me about what it's like to serve? um, I I don't know if this is your daughter's first DART, but you've served before, but here you are serving with COVID-19 and your daughter's simultaneously serving in New York. And so what is that like to be serving in, you know, different places, um, but your focus is the same? Well, that's
1: that's that's just it right there. You've hit the nail on the head. Our focus is the same. It's a common goal. We truly believe in helping suffering people in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi has actually caught up and surpassed me in number of deployments. She has done DART in several different countries and recently served in the Bahamas. Uh, she was in between that uh, deployment and the next one. And we happened to be able to be in the same place to, Begin the lockdown together in the states before we were deployed. So we actually had ten days living in the same house with my husband, which you know she's she's a, a grown adult woman, so we don't often have that opportunity, and it was really really special. So I think yeah, the common goal of serving. Um, we send each other pictures sometimes, and just pray for each other, and just a quick note. Neither one of us had a lot of time in a dart to sit down and or sit and chat on the phone, but we just send you know, a verse or just I'm thinking of you and, um, you know, how are things going? How can I pray for you? And I can just picture her smiling on the other end when she wakes up hours later because of the time difference and just knows that, you know, we're in this together.
0: And so, yeah, distance being together physically doesn't affect you growing together or growing closer. And I I tell people that all the time because when my husband would deploy, you know, I mean, yes, physically, we weren't together. So that takes its toll, but because we were both growing with the Lord, you know, and growing spiritually, we were actually growing closer together. And I think our, our relationship strengthened. Um, so distance and, and being together physically doesn't really matter when you're seeking the Lord. And like you said, your focus is the same. And so being on mission, whether you're physically doing it hand in hand or you're just, yeah, sharing you can, and that's the nice thing about technology today. You can send pictures, you know, a text, um, send a scripture when you think of it. Um, so I just I wanted to share your story to encourage people listening. You know, if you feel God calling you to do something, I mean, yes, it's hard to leave your family, uh, but I know, and I've seen it happen in our lives. God restores and brings you closer. Um, and so I think sometimes we want to protect our family and keep everybody together, but actually being open-handed and releasing them. And so that's why I love the way that, yeah, you're, you send your daughter and you encourage her to serve um, in dangerous places, but you know that when you're serving the Lord, you're no safer you know, at home than you are in the midst of a crisis when you're in the Lord's will.
1: I have four children, as you do. And when this deployment first came up, not all of them were as as excited as Heidi was for me to be deployed. And I would say that's a really wonderful way that God worked, that he brought peace to our family. Um, And part of that was the extreme precautions that Samaritan's Purse takes to keep their people safe. That was really helpful for me to share details of that with other members of my family. Um, And the other thing was that, you know, I just was able to share my husband and I had prayed. We had peace about it. We knew Heidi did and we just said, "You know, God has a plan for each of our lives and he is not going to take me one day sooner than he's already planned from the time that he knit me together in my mother's womb." And therefore I go forth in peace, trusting that his will
2: is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that is awesome. Um and yeah and I, yeah good to know that not everyone was on the same page and sometimes we have to pray and yeah ask God to prepare everyone's hearts um because um it is scary to send your parent and I know sometimes I struggle when I travel and you know leave the kids but yeah I always want them to know I love you um and I love the Lord um so I would never do anything reckless or to endanger myself but I do want to follow him and be obedient um so as we're talking um I know hopefully we can have Heidi join us in a little bit because I'd love to hear um, her testimony. Um, but how how can you, you've mentioned a little bit how we can pray for the Italians, but how can we pray, um, especially as we celebrate Mother's Day? You know, we might not get to be with our mothers. Um, this year is gonna look a little different for everyone, but you've watched probably some mothers that are grieving. Um, how can we be praying for the mothers um, in Italy and their children? Hmm. I think um,
1: there is a great way to pray for them. Uh, recently, as I was touring or visiting the cathedral and just sitting there taking in the frescoes, the amazing artwork, there's one in particular that is Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus at the foot of the cross. And the artist thousands of years ago or a thousand years ago, anyway, portrayed the grief and the anguish in that mother's heart in a way that was very vivid. Um, And that just really spoke to my heart. And then because of the hope we have in Christ, we know that we have eternal hope. And then I thought of Mary when Jesus wasn't in the tomb, when the stone was rolled away and she got to see her resurrected son and savior. And we all have the hope of being resurrected one day, of being face-to-face with our Savior and knowing that our loved ones are as well. So I think that my prayer for moms in Italy and all over the world is twofold, that they would embrace that love and that promise that is eternal, that cannot be broken, that no one can take away from us, and that they would come to know God as their father. You know, the Lord could have given us his word and taught through the prophets, through Jesus, and used all those wonderful terms like Alpha and Omega, provider, our banner, the God who sees me, creator, and all of those terms. He didn't have to add father, but Christy, he did because his love is that of a father, a parent, and there's no other love that can compare with that. And um, so that's that would be how I, I would encourage us all to pray that his kingdom would go forth and that more and more mothers, children, grandmothers, aunts, uncles, um, would embrace those
0: truths. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's what, I mean, I wanted, yeah, prayer perspective. We always ask, uh, you know, how we can pray for the people you're ministering to. And I know you could probably give us so much more on everything else, but I really wanted to specifically pray for mothers this year, you know, and, I was able to talk to um, one of our staff members in Vietnam and the DRC, and you know they gave us a perspective of what mothers are facing there. Um, but I think what you're seeing, you know, mothers are scared right now. You know, they're fearful for their children and for the unknown. And so I love how you said that because. I don't know how people are doing this without the Lord. Um, I really don't um, because he is a good, good father. And I know he's given me comfort and peace. And that is why, you know, Samaritan's Purse is going to offer that hope. Um, And I was just reading today, you know, that Jesus, you know, commands us to take up our cross. And I I just think of your example um, to serve him, but he doesn't ask us to do it alone. You know, he goes with us and gives us the strength Um, to follow him. And I was reading 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 through 17 today. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And just as you were saying, I'm just praying that you and the staff, that they will truly, in every good deed and word, people will see Jesus in them and want to know what that hope is, and so I do. I pray that the mothers that you come in contact with, um, the daughters that you know, that they will bring that home to their families because um, he is the only comfort and encouragement. So, thank you for what you're doing, and um, and also that you know,
1: as we think of mothers this Mother's Day and what's happening here and around the world, this is often a time where daughters are concerned for their mothers. Mm. that this is a disease that definitely has a mm-hmm. propensity to affect the aged. Um, actually, my son said to me, well, I'm not, I'm really not worried about my sister. Mm-hmm. Mom, I'm worried about you. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, why? He said, mom, you're old. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which we won't say my age, but I'm better than 50. And you can guess because I have adult children. Um, but as I look in the wards and we, and we, And we're working with people that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And we have children that can't see their moms Mm. because they're in the hot zone. They can only call on the phone. And there is great worry. So I thank you that we have such a message of hope and connection through the Lord. Um, And to see people's faces light up when they're well enough to be outside. And and perhaps their daughters can come to the gate and see them from a six-foot distance and just their eyes lock Mm. and light up. And I think that that's just a tiny indication of what it will be like for us when we see mm-hmm. our heavenly, our heavenly father, we see Jesus face to face, our eyes will lock and uh, yeah, just kind of a pretty picture.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The burden that they're having. And I didn't think about that, that patients can't see their mothers. Heidi, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, welcome. We've never done this before. So we were anxiously awaiting to see if this would happen and work. But thank you for joining us. Of course. I have Heidi on as well. And so what a joy to have mother and daughter team, um, that are both serving, you know, one is in Italy and one is in New York at our emergency field hospital. So Sarah can, or, uh, sorry, Heidi, can you, we've, we've talked about mentioned you, but can you tell us where you're serving and what you're doing for Samaritan's Purse?
2: Yeah, sure. So currently I'm serving in New York city. Um, we have three different locations. Currently I am at the RCU respiratory care unit mm-hmm. in central park. And I have been doing medical supply. So making sure that all of our med teams have what they need and getting things in from our headquarters and suppliers. And I'm currently moving into an admin role because we wear a lot of hats when you're in the field and you have to be really flexible and, you know, go wherever, wherever the need is.
0: So I just love a mother and daughter team. You're both serving simultaneously during the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you talk to me about, as we celebrate Mother's Day next week, what is it like serving with your mom?
2: Well, we have never served on a dart together, but there is a really cool connection knowing that she's serving, especially at the same time, um, knowing that she's in Italy and sending each other encouraging messages or, you know, comparing one field hospital to to the other, just kind of, you know, giving each other uh, little updates and um, seeing what's going on with her and then um, vice versa. It's, it's been really cool to share the same sorts of experiences. And I know that it's really valuable when we see each other later on to be able to uh, relate to each other on a level that doesn't usually happen when we're talking to other people who haven't been in the field. Mm
0: -hmm. And I know- I've also been blessed.
1: Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead. uh, To have a growing number of mutual acquaintances, friends and colleagues through through the DART work. Mm
0: -hmm. I know it probably becomes a big family. And so, yeah, you probably feel like you're- you're just with your other family members <laughs> serving.
2: Oh, yeah. it's And it's really fun to um, meet people who haven't met me before, but have met my yeah. mom and that sort of moment of recognition and, oh, wow, you're Sarah Shannon's daughter. And um, it's always very positive. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I'm sure I know I was asking Heidi, you know, how all the kids felt about their mom serving. Um, and she said, some were fearful. Like, is it hard for you to be um, to be taking care of patients, you know, and thinking of your mom who is in danger? Does Do you ever get a, a fearful spirit? And how does the Lord comfort you in that?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I think we all have this sort of underlying anxiety, especially with a virus that works in the way that it does. Um, being so highly contagious, I think that what's really helpful to remember is that, like, you know, we can take as many precautions as possible. We can, um, you know, wash our hands feverishly and make sure we're always wearing our masks and take all of those steps. But at the end of the day, I mean, like, God is protecting us, and I think that remembering that and knowing that um, she she has been called is really really helpful
0: Mm mm-hmm um and so i know i asked your mom you know how can we be praying um have you guys had any impact you know our focus this episode is on mothers for mother's day you know and watching mothers that maybe aren't able to be with their family how can we be praying for our mothers um and then daughters that are missing their mothers
2: yeah i um I've been thinking about this a lot, and it's, it's maybe not even necessarily for mothers specifically, although that is part of it. And I think that um, it's just such a big one on this response, because a lot of times when we think of mothers and daughters, we think of um, children and their mothers
0: mm-hmm.
2: as you know the children being very young. And in this response, we've just seen this virus so disproportionately affect those who are older. And we've seen a lot of adult children have to watch their parents suffering or say goodbye to their parents. And I think that this has been especially heart-wrenching um, within infectious contexts where it doesn't usually allow family members to even be with their, with their loved ones. Um, so I think that prayer requests in that sense would just be to, to just be with people as they're having to say goodbye over the phone um, which just adds another level of, of, of sadness and stress to people's lives when, you know, it's already an incredibly, um, difficult situation to begin with.
0: Thank you. I just wanted your perspective since you guys are on the ground and yeah, watching patients. Um, I know, but like we said, it's, Everywhere, this pandemic is impacting every single country, um, unfortunately. So it's a equalizer in that, but you are seeing it firsthand um, as a medical professional. Um, So back to your mom, can you talk to me about the example she had in your life and how she, I mean, now you're serving, you're serving the Lord Jesus um, full-time. So how did that, how did she have an impact in that? Uh, Well, the majority of my time growing up, was spent in Peru on the
2: mission field as a kid. And my parents were just this wonderful example of going and doing and being the hands and feet of Jesus to the best of their abilities. And I think that seeing that at a young age um, in people that we obviously admired and respected was really valuable as a child. Um, and I'm not sure if this was a conscious decision or not, but uh, my mom just really lived as an example of how to treat others well. Mm -hmm. And she has this amazing ability to make it look really effortless too. (laughs) She has um, this energy that makes a lot of people feel welcomed and wanted, which is perfect for um, a member care position that she's serving in. Um, And I remember when we were growing up that my mom was always really intentional about making time to meet with people and to be present with people, um, not as an item on a checklist, which it so often becomes if we're trying to you know, see see what we, we should be doing for other people. Um, but it's just because she saw the value in giving of, of your time. Um, she would use her free time to sit with others and um, just speak value into their lives, which is something that we often overlook in the day-to-day. Um, we're so worried about tasks and getting things checked off Um, but it was really apparent that she was making time for people and that was so much more important to her. Um, And that I feel like was more of a witness of how God loves us.
0: That's so awesome. I just had to ask, because as a mom of four, you know, I I loved and appreciated my mom always, but once I had children, you know, I understood the gravity, and I do. I want them to say those kind of things about me one day, and so I'm like, how, Lord? And so I think staying close with Him is the only way that that's going to happen, you know, if I'm not modeling Christ. I have nothing to give. Um, And so I just love hearing that testimony. And so now, you know, you've desired to serve the Lord. Um, How did you get involved with the disaster assistance response team? So I had volunteered
2: back in 2011 because my parents had signed up to work as IFS or international field staff in Haiti. So I volunteered for two weeks. I ended up extending my volunteer stay for another two weeks. I fell in love with the work. I interviewed for an open position and then I stayed for 15 months. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I think it was a time in my life when I was, I was able to, to stay and to serve in that way. And um, I think God kind of just like planted that seed from an early age and I was able to live that out back in 2011.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to add to that, Sarah, watching her be called? Yeah. What a privilege
1: to serve with your adult children, like whether in whatever profession it is, um, to have that parent child relationship become so much more in depth of a friendship and colleagues, um, is really an honor. I Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that, you know, as they were growing up. I didn't know that that would ever happen, but I'm really pleased that it has and I hope it will continue. Um, Yeah, God is still writing the story and I can't wait to see those next chapters.
0: I love that. I know I'm trying to, like I said, I have four kids. They're so different, you know, and I'm trying to see them through God's eyes. Um, And God, what do you want them to be? Because I think I don't want to have an agenda for my kids. And actually, I was just reading today Psalm 119.66 that says, Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. And I was inserting my kids' names in there because that's above all, I want them to want God to teach them knowledge, you know, and, and good judgment um, and to believe his commands. You know, if they believe his word, um, then he can write their story. Like you were saying, I love that. Um, and so that is the most important thing is to teach them God's word and have that be the rock, you know, our foundation of our family. Um, but as a mom, you know, it is, it's it's a hard, I mean, it's, it's a humbling calling. Um, and above all, I have to be reminded that, God loves them more than I do. And so how were you able to do that, you know, give your kids over to God? Um, Because I think sometimes I want to control things, you know, and manipulate things. And I have to be reminded that God loves them more than I do. And he knows what he wants them to do and created them. I didn't. (laughs) He knit them in my womb. And um, so how did you, I guess, release them and allow them to be used for God's glory?
1: Those words that you're saying are exactly what my prayers have been over the many years. Lord, they're yours. You've loaned them to us for a short time. Help us to be faithful and to trust that you are, that your love is so much greater than we can ever think or imagine. And that I can trust you because you love them so much. Um, Yeah. We're super proud of Heidi and the journey that she's been on and the way that she serves and connects with people as well as getting things done. I think she really um, got got a good dose of, of uh, gifts and talents that, well, of course, that, that God had planned for her from, from the beginning, but she's really worked to develop those. And yeah, I'm, uh, I would be proud to be her friend if I weren't her mother, and I get the privilege of being both.
2: Aw, thanks, Mom.
0: That so awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, I just love it. So um, so as we wrap up, I just love um, hearing this encouragement. I think this is going to be such a blessing to everyone listening. Um, so can you talk to me about, obviously, you guys are close, um, but for those that maybe aren't, how can we be praying... Um, for our moms, you know, and what can they do um, this Mother's Day? Hmm. Wow. Um, you know, I realize there are
1: many, many moms out there that um, don't have good relationships with their children, that their children are struggling, that there's addictions involved. There's all kinds of, of things that we, that we fear for our children that are happening. And I think that my greatest encouragement is to stay close to the Lord. Hold on tight. When you can't embrace Jesus, hold on to the edge of his robe and hold on for your children because as you have hope in him, when they've lost hope, they can hold on to your hope. And um, the Lord doesn't ask us to have a perfect faith. He asks us to step out in faith. So with whatever faith they have, to hold on, to draw themselves closer, and that will be a testimony to their children um, so much more than trying to tell them what to do or, um, yeah, just praying for them and loving them as much as we can, like Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think if I could just interject a little bit, I I completely agree. And I think that the real value in just you know, being there, just being there for, I can only speak as a child. I don't have any children of my own. Um, but I know that there are, there are obviously ups and downs and, um, no relationship is perfect for sure because we're all so broken. But I I think that for myself, when we've had disagreements and when we haven't gone along and, um, Lord knows there will be, there will always be times like that for any relationship. Um, just the fact that I know that if I, I need my mom, she's there. Um, and so for those, those rocky relationships and for other moms, just, just know that like, I don't know, as a kid, like just being able to kind of count on the fact that it may not matter where you are in your relationship, but that, you know, your mom is going to be there. Um, and whether or not that's a guardian or uh, a mentor or a, a maternal mm-hmm. figure in your life, um, just, just constantly letting, letting that kid know that, that you're there. You're going to be there and you're not going anywhere.
0: I hadn't intended to ask that question. I just felt prompted because I just, I do, grieve and I'm burdened for those that maybe have estranged relationships because I know Mother's Day can be hard, you know, for those that long to be a mother and aren't um, or those that their mother has passed away or they're not close, you know, and so it can be a time of grief. And, um, you know, I pray that I stay close with my kids, but with four, you know, four kids in a fallen, broken world, you know, that, so how can, I just wanted to ask that, you know, how we can keep the faith, but that's really good advice and wisdom. Um, and as we close, I I always like to ask how we can pray, but I think this would be a neat way, um, you know, I was gonna ask for how we can pray for those serving, and I think the best way is, how do you guys pray for each other? Because I think you know how to intimately pray more than anyone um, having someone serving. So how can we be praying for our staff? Um, this mother's day? Well, specifically, I mean,
2: um, because my mom is in member care and she's, she's there on the ground, just being there for our staff members who are experiencing and seeing a lot of really, I mean, for honestly traumatic things. Um, and they've been called to be there, which is, is the the best thing. It's just, taking on other people's burdens, mm-hmm. um, and taking on that sort of trauma. I just pray that, um, I constantly pray that God gives her the, the strength to, to take those on in the discernment, to know, you know, that, that it's, it's all given up to him in the yeah. end and that, um, and that, that wouldn't have as much of a toll, take as much of a toll on her. Um, I think that it's a very unique position that she's been placed in, and and it's so so needed because our staff members serving overseas, and not just this response, but all responses, there's some level of of um, of burden that they take on, especially in the medical responses for their patients. But then it's then in turn transferred to someone who's there uplifting them and um, praying for them. I just it's it's equally as important to make sure that. Our, our member care people, um, people like my mom are also lifted up in prayer for for strength and that discernment.
1: Thanks, Heid. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and yeah, Sarah, having seen what you've seen, you know, how are you praying for the medical staff um, as they respond?
1: Uh, yeah, I pray for strength for them every day. I pray for peace and joy in the midst of difficulty. I pray that they, um, a similar prayer that Heidi said for me, because I'm not actually in the wards with the patients and our medical staff has the privilege and opportunity, but also like Heidi said, the burden to, um, to be chaplains for the patients mm-hmm. and to have that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and how to share and when to share and, and God's perspective of seeing those patients that perhaps are intubated and they're not really conscious for days and even sometimes weeks at a time to be able to continue reaching out to them and loving them and trusting that God is speaking to their heart, reaching through whatever the medical circumstance is. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just agree with with Heidi's assessment and, and say that I just give such thanks that our medical teams bond well, they work together well, and they have a heart for Jesus and they have a heart to serve and to love those patients. Um, if I might share, recently we had uh, guests guest visit the, the RCU and it was the director of the Cremona hospital. There was also um, the mayor who is the mayor of Cremona who is recovering from COVID. And there were several other people there. And when they spoke to us, it wasn't at all like political speeches. These were these were thoughts from their hearts and their thanks, And they said, you know, you give so much more than physical attention and medical attention to our people. And we know that you are being strengthened beyond what is, what is natural. Mm -hmm. And so I just thank God for that witness and that, that opportunity to uh, come alongside our staff as they come alongside the patients and the interpreters. If I could say that God has sent us a team of interpreters that has grown so much and has served um, just above and beyond a normal call of duty for interpretation or translation. So I'm very thankful for them.
0: It must be hard to have those barriers, that language barrier. Um, but it's neat to hear that God's called the right people to be the to be your voice. You know, to be His voice ultimately. You know, as you um, speak to them and He they intercede for you. Um, well, thank you both so much for sharing your time and sharing your hearts. I just think what a great um, what a great staff to spotlight um, as we celebrate and honor mothers. Um, to have this mother and daughter duo, and hopefully one day you guys can serve physically together. But I know even just doing it at the same time, you know, God is. Keeping you both close and growing you closer together through this. Was um, there anything else you want to share that we didn't cover, or a testimony or a story that we didn't get a chance to cover before we close? I've I've talked to a lot of um,
2: a lot of patients' families. I um, sometimes help out with the calls that are done in Spanish um, to family members who are waiting. On uh, news about their their loved ones, and I, I think it's it's this really cool, overwhelming um, sense of comfort that you can hear in family members' voices when you remind them that not only are the doctors and nurses inside sitting with patients for. You know, 12-hour shifts at a time every single day, um, 24 hours a day. They're sitting there, they're caring for their needs, they're giving them medications, and they're just fighting so hard to keep these patients um, alive and in comfort. And it's really, really cool to serve with an organization where you know that the doctors and the nurses are constantly praying for their patients too mm-hmm. um, and just reminding family members because we obviously we serve we serve people of all different faiths um, but just just letting them know that that we pray for them and that they are not forgotten and not only are we trying to care for all of their physical needs but we are also lifting them up to a higher power and I think that that's really really valuable and an incredible witness but it just the comfort that you hear, Um, and the, the way that they're, they're so relieved in their voices is, is, has been really cool for me. And I just keep thinking, like, I talk to a lot of, um, children because their parents are here Mm -hmm. and, and I have to, um, check myself and make sure that I'm not tearing up or, um, (laughs) or being too emotional because I think, you know, what if that were me? I would want, I would want people caring for my family members who are also lifting them up in prayer. Um, so I think that that's really, really neat.
0: I didn't think about that. So not only, yeah, their family members can't be with them during this really difficult time. So they're able to call in and check on their mom or dad or loved one.
2: Yeah. They're able to call in. So we have a we have a phone number that people call into to get updates. And then we also call out every day to um, give those daily updates. They start to um, say that it means so much to them, which is really cool.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that that was part of it. That they were able to call in and, and personally get updates. And so you are not only ministering to the patient, but you really are. Ministering to their family, and there is a yeah. huge ripple effect in this field hospital.
2: Yeah, it's it's re- it's been really cool to see, and even even for those of us staff members who I've I've gone into what we call the hot zone, where all of the patients are, where the infectious area is, um, in protective equipment uh, a few times. But for the most part, we're on the outside, and all we can do is is be there for people who are worried, sick, and just trying to grasp
0: onto hope. Wow, what a yeah. ministry. Um, and do you, and you speak Spanish, so you're able to translate? I do, yeah. I, I'm, it's not
2: an official translation, but the phone calls that we make, because I, I am licensed, I'm able to make those phone calls and talk to them um, with all of the information that's come from the doctors and nurses
0: on the inside. That's awesome. Well, thank you yeah. for using your gifts, talents, and abilities. God has given you many, and I love the way that you're not sitting on that. You're using it for his glory. And um, well, thank you so much, both of you, um, for being Jesus' hands and feet in this difficult time. And yeah, leaving your leaving the comforts of home to serve in such an uncertain time is really amazing. And I love the way that you're sharing your hope with all that you come in contact with. So we will be praying, but I think this gives us great insight on how to pray more specifically um, and just to honor, yeah, our mothers that are serving and that when you can't be together, yeah. Um,
1: Thank Christy, you. can I just give a quick shout out? Yes. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to all our non-medical staff as well. They are working so hard. And in this response, we do have um, a majority of women serving. So they're either daughters, mothers, or both. And um, they just are going above and beyond and making connections with, um, with patient families, with other people, professionals that are involved in the response and with serving the team. Like I feel like I'm the chaplain with the title, but all of them are, are chaplains as well in, 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 in the very important sense of that word. There is just an amazing uh, teamwork and just spiritual unity. So I'm very thankful for that.
0: Well, thank you both for sharing your time and just, I mean, giving us so much insight. I mean, I'm learning things I didn't know and I was truly encouraged and refreshed. So I know our audience will be as well. Um, But thank you both for your selfless service and the way you're using the gifts God's given you to glorify him. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you were encouraged by our conversation. I wanna share a short testimony from a family member of someone that passed away in our emergency field hospital in Italy. This grandmother passed away and here's what our family member said. I would like to write a few words to thank the doctor and the nurses who have been by my beloved nanny's side in the past few days. She will have felt so grateful herself. She was a role model of goodness and faith to all who met her. She will reward you from heaven for the comfort and love you have shown her. May the Lord keep you under his powerful protection for the professionalism and humanity you show in your job. You are missionaries of love. My most heartfelt thanks. These patients are not alone. They are comforted and loved by servants of Jesus Christ, showing them love in every moment. And these family members appreciate it. I love the wisdom that Sarah shares on raising kids and how to follow God and trust them to him. I love the saying mothers hold their child's hands for a moment and their heart for a lifetime. Thank you to our mothers, we celebrate you this week. I know this day can be painful and for those who long to be a mother, who have lost their mother or who have an estranged relationship, God sees you and knows your burden and hears your prayers. One of my favorite testimonies is from our country director in Cambodia. He shares about meeting a grandmother who was raising her grandchild and her daughter had left and been gone for years with no response. This grandmother accepted Christ and she instantly started praying for her daughter. Our team was so excited to hear the news when they returned a few months later and they got to meet this prodigal daughter. As she had returned, their relationship was restored and she also accepted Christ. God hears your prayers, be faithful. Whatever season you're in, moms, Remember, God knows and loves these kids more than you do. Be faithful in the season that you're in. I'll close with Galatians 6-9 that says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Thanks for tuning in today. Happy Mother's Day. We appreciate all that you do.